The Catalyst Center for Business and Entrepreneurship provides free resources to help you foster your business's success. You can participate in one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, impactful workshops, and many other relevant events that will enable you to succeed throughout your journey. The Catalyst is right for you whether you want to start a business, grow one, learn to thrive within government contracting, or accelerate your women-owned business. Remember, your success is our success. Hello and welcome back to the Catalyst Conversation Podcast. My name is Cameron Cummings and today we have a special guest in the studio, Mr. Jay Newkirk. Mr. Newkirk is a graduate from the University of Lynchburg and is the VP of Strategic Business Development for, for Government Energy Solutions Incorporated, but is currently the founder of Jay Newkirk Business Consulting and the author of The Pearls of Business. A major fact I'd like to include is that he built a government contracting company to a staff of 1,000 and an annual revenue of $100 million, which he talks about in his book and will hopefully talk about today. Mr. Newkirk, how are you? No, we're doing great. Thank you for having me, Cameron. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. And really just want to get started into um, your past experiences, um, what you've done to get to this point in your life, and how do you feel like your past experiences helped shape the man you are and the business leader you are today? Yeah, great. Uh, that's a, an important question, and it's got a long answer. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. <laughs> I've, been, I've been here for a long time. I got to Huntsville uh, doing the Apollo program. I was 26, graduated from Lynchburg uh, University back in those days and worked with Von Braun and the team, and we got those guys uh, during the Apollo days uh, to the moon and back safely. So I, my career began in that arena, which is working for, you know, in support of NASA. But after we got that done, uh, I was looking around to decide, what do I want to do now? Do I want to stay with the NASA work, or should I get into the Army and to the, the defense systems that were being funded here in Huntsville? So the Ballistic Missile Defense Systems Command was here, and Computer Science Corporation had a contract with those guys, and so I went to CSC, and they hired me. Yeah. So I worked on the site defense system and helped uh, Reagan uh, get some horsepower to negotiate uh, with the Russians and back them down during the Cold War. So I had some interesting experience beyond the NASA and the Apollo program in the ballistic missile defense systems area, which is still ongoing now under a different name. It's the site defense systems still around, and, and uh, the, the Army here is still doing that sort of defense work. And what happened to me was, though, I got after the uh, after I got through that ballistic missile work, I did some things on my own. Did an Amway business with my partner Bobby Bradley, African American woman. She and I became friends during the during the Apollo days, and we, you know, did our Amway business together. And one day we just woke up <laughs> and decided we needed to take what we learned in this Amway business, which was a people skill business, and apply it to a technology company. So we launched it. The computer systems technology in 1989 and not 1990 and set a goal to get it to a thousand employees and a hundred million dollars a year revenue in 10 years. We set that goal right at the beginning, which is a big part of my advice to small companies. Set a goal and get after it. <laughs> so yes. we actually accomplished doing that in 12 years and sold the company for a hundred million dollars to uh, SAIC. So that was my my company experience, which is, th that's where the pearls of business, the book that I wrote, was based on. It was based on the mm -hmm. success we had in growing a company from two of us to a thousand people in a short amount of time. So we learned a lot about 
processes and, and subtleties that it takes to win in growing a small company. So that's yes. the, that was the basis for the, the book, The Pearls of Business. And so that was kind of what sh- kind of formed my career. So after we sold the company, I went into consulting, trying to help other companies figure out what they need to do to do what we did. Yeah. And for your consulting firm, um, you mainly, I know you have a lot of in, um, experience within like the software engine industry. Do you try to lean towards more software companies or are you open to all sorts of companies when you're consulting? Yeah, well, you can imagine what my answer is. Yes. I, I'm, I want, if somebody's listening to me, I want to help them. <laughs> yes. So, so I'm just looking for young people who are excited about their life and about their future. And I want to give them advice in terms of what they need to do to succeed, not only in business, but in life. Yes. Because a lot of the principles in the book are about listening and about trying to figure out what other people need. Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough other people get uh, what they want, you get what you want. Yes. Helping folks is the key to success. Absolutely. And I see, um, looking at, obviously, your extensive resume, you have a long history of working with the federal government as a government contractor and helping out other businesses in that capacity as well. Um, What are some of the biggest challenges you see small companies facing today, and what advice would you give to help them out? Yeah, that's an important question, Cameron, because I think uh, the industry has gone through a real transition because of the pandemic. I mean, it's affected the way we do business. So I think... There's been all kinds of challenges in growing a company, but right now companies are trying to recover from two years' worth of trying to grow a company virtually. It's a challenge because the success that Bobby and I had during during our company was we were physically in front of people. And so yes. we learned how to listen and look, and people's skills helped advise people, and we could sort of work with them because we could see them and see the body language and see how they responded to us. So in the virtual environment it's kind of hard to network it's hard to really get inside somebody's head and figure out what they need so I think a challenge now is for uh, young companies uh, the leadership team members and the owners have got to figure out how to keep their their workforce motivated in a virtual environment I mean you almost have to be a self-starter to work at home yes you get distracted by you know your pets and your kids and everything else so I think the challenge that the companies have now is trying to figure out how to really grow successfully in this new environment it's an, a new normal and it mm-hmm. really has to do with being effective virtually and I'll just say this now to anybody that's listening to this podcast I'm telling you now if you're going to be doing virtual meetings turn your video on I go nuts trying to talk to a black screen with an initial on it yes. it doesn't work for me so I'm telling you now, one of the things these companies need to do is encourage their employees, if they're working virtually, turn the video on. Yes, sir. And another thing that I see small and also major companies facing is um, difficulty with staffing and employment issues. Um, what do you see? I know obviously you um, were in the time of COVID was not a real thing. It never existed. Um, so you got to be you know, physically uh, face-to-face the entire 12 years you had your company. Um, so I know that could be a factor in this, but outside of those factors, what do you think are um, major challenges people are facing, and how do you think um, they could build a culture where employees are empowered, satisfied, and challenged, as well as happy to go to work and 
do yeah. work for that company. Boy, that is so important, Cameron. I'm so glad you asked that, and I've got about a two-hour seminar on that subject. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but basically, let me just say this right out of the shoot. The one thing that you've got to really do, uh, just in general in success, is, is figure out what people need. So in terms of employment and keeping people satisfied, you've got to understand as a, as a business owner and leadership team member, what your employees actually need. Because if they feel like that they're getting to their career goals working for you, they'll stay with you. So one of the things that the owners and leadership team members need to do is make sure that the employees know that they care about them. And not just, they're not just doing a job, but they're working for you because they've got an objective themselves. So when, when back in the day when we were building our company, we did a very interesting thing during our interviews, and I think new uh, business leaders should think about this. The employee candidate would come in, and they always looked you up, and they're ready to try to talk you into hiring them because they know something about the job, and they'd start talking about solving the, the job problem. We'd stop them and say, hold on a second. Let me ask you a question before we get started on this interview. Now, what's your dream? And it would sort of shut the conversation down suddenly because all of a sudden I'm asking this candidate what their dream is. And so mm -hmm. they would try to tell me something about their career. And I said, look, let's say you come to work for us and you actually, we sell the company for a lot of money and you've got stock in the company and you're financially free. You can do anything you want to do. You've got all the stuff you ever wanted to have for your family. What would you do? So get people to think beyond the challenges of the day-to-day, -day, but if they really were financially free, what are you gonna do with your life? Why, why are you here in the first place? Mm -hmm. So we built a culture around caring for people, and that's how we kept our employees focused, and that's how we were able to get to 1,000 people because they stayed with us, they didn't leave. And then one last comment on that question, Cameron, is this. I really believe that leadership team members and, and business owners should think in terms of stay reviews, not just annual reviews and talk about whether or not the work that people are doing is good. We need to, they need to be interviewing people that they know are committed to them and do a stay interview and talk about what's valuable about what they're doing for us in the company and what can we do to help you grow even more. So I think those are important kind of things for people to think about in terms of drawing people to you because if you really are interested in what their goals are, they want to stay with you. Yes. They'll stay because they know you care about them. So that's one of the keys to, I think, successfully growing a company around the you know, interviewing and hiring people and making sure you stay in touch with what it is they want to do. Matter of fact, one of the things that we did was we, doing our reviews, during our, our interviews with our, our, our um, employees, we asked them what they like to do because we would direct our business development around what our employees want to work on. Mm -hmm. So you really sort of tie into your employees and that, that becomes the culture. Yes. They know you care about them. Yes, sir. And another thing, after you know, looking on your LinkedIn, trying to learn more about you, um, I saw you were a mentor for this previous year's uh, Madison CEO program. Yeah. And I was curious, which obviously the CEO program is a program for high school entrepreneurs, and they get to start their own business with mentors from the area. And I was just wondering, how is that? How was your experience working with young entrepreneurs, and what did you see from them? Yeah, that was that was good for me because. 
That's reaching back into the early phases of, of, of a, not just a possible employee, but a young person who has made a decision to start a company. That's what the Madison CEO program was really about. So mm-hmm. I was loving it because I was able to kind of get one-on-one, you know, with, with a young person that's in high school who had launched a small company relative to uh, photography. And so... Uh, I learned from him what he thinks about what he likes to do, and, and I think he was learning from him in terms of what I thought he needed to do to really grow his company. Yes, and not only just high schoolers, just young entrepreneurs in general, um, there's so many different aspects to entrepreneurship, um, and it can be really hard to navigate. Um, I was a part of this year's CEO program, yeah. so I can say from experience, it can be hard to navigate. Um, what are some key ideas or stories you would like to give to inspire and motivate the next generation of entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think uh, I th- think think the thing that, and I really would, I'm glad that you know about my book because I really talk about that sort of thing in the book in the early in the introduction in mm-hmm. the beginning because, you know, basically, I've learned over all the I've been around a long time, Kevin, and I've learned over all these years that it it turns out that success I don't care whether it's your business or your family and your kids or whatever, listening is the key. In fact, I did a blog on my website about that. You know, a lot of people are listening, but they're not hearing. (laughs) So you've got to really figure out a way of what what can you do? I I measure success. People ask me, what's really, what's your definition of success? I think success is about how many people have you helped in your life? Mm Zig Ziglar said, and I'll say it again, if you help enough other people get what they want, you get what you want. And that's the fact. So I think in terms of advice to young people right now is that learn how to, I mean, you, you, for example, you're going to get a degree in computer science here at some point. You're going to be smart yes, in, 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 in software and in information technology. But it's really this keep t- people skills around that is the key to the success. It's growing is not about how much you know. It's about how you can lead other people to succeed and, and if they're working for you, their activity is putting money in your bank account. Yes, sir. Can you imagine what a thousand people would be like, all working every day for you, what the, what the money looks like coming into your company? I couldn't even imagine it. $100 million a year. <laughs> yes, sir. So the key to it is listening and figuring out who your friends, your colleagues, your, your children, your parents or needing and focus on trying to help people as opposed to being smart and telling people what to do. Because Bobby and I didn't tell people what to do. We asked them what they wanted to do and listened to them. So I believe the people skill part of learning how to draw people to you through caring for them is the key to success. Okay. Um, And I know we talked, you just mentioned your um, book, so I think we should go a little bit more into that. You also took my next question about your definition of success. Um, but you talk about a lot of the human element uh, in your blogs, consulting, and especially your book, The Pearls of Business. And what does that phrase really mean? Um, and how can practicing the strategy of that phrase help business leaders and entrepreneurs be more successful in their well, ventures? That's that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that because the human element was the key to our success. Now, people listening to this may say, well, what is human element, what's that? <laughs> well, I'm gonna to try to explain it if I can without overdoing it, but basically, it's, it's figuring out a way to draw people to you. And I'll give you an example. 
when Bobby and I would go into a customer's office, for example, back when we were growing our company, it would be a government decision maker sitting behind a desk, and we'd go into the office, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens sometimes when companies are going into a customer, they're going to start talking about what they know right out of the chute. Yes. Guess what we did? We'd go in, look around the room for a minute. We'd see the Auburn thing. We'd see a picture of the daughter on a horse. We would see something in the room that was about this person. So we wouldn't start talking about what our company was about. We start asking a question. Oh, your daughter rides? You went to Auburn? Yes. The human element, it, that's the human element. It's reaching into people and trying to figure out who they are by asking them questions. So we, in every instance, Bobby and I were constantly asking questions and listening and trying to see if we could figure out what this person really needs. So that was, we became human, you know, human element practitioners. Yes. So constantly not thinking about ourselves, not talking about what we know, but trying to figure out what other people want and need and try to help them get it. So we, we would not talk, like in our proposals, <clears throat> we didn't talk about what we knew how to do. <clears throat> a lot of people writing proposals make a mistake of telling the customer what they know how to do. Yes. What do you think we did that cost $100 million revenue every year? You just we, talked to them. We said something about we know how to do some things, but we need to figure out how we can adapt what we know how to do to solve your problem. Mm -hmm. That was the key. Okay. And the evaluators realized that we cared about them and wanted to take our knowledge to help them solve their problems. So we're always looking for what's your deal? What can we mm -hmm. do to help you? That was our life. Yes, and um, I'm just really getting into uh, the swing of your book, so I'm still around the beginning of it, still reading through it. Um, and I know you mentioned each individual pearl um, of business, obviously. And what do you think would be the most important one if people – had to pick one or two of those pearls to apply to their everyday life and especially in their business. That's good. That's good. And I've got on my website, when you, my website comes up, the master pearl shows up. And it's if, <clears throat> if one does not know to which port one is sailing, no wind is favorable. That was written by Seneca, a first century philosopher. And basically commerce back in those days was shipping. Yeah, And so he talked about, you know, the skippers have to know what the destination is, and they have to figure out some way to use all the elements of a sailing ship to get the ship to the port. So how does that apply in business today? Well, it's the same thing. <clears throat> if you don't know where you're going in your company big time early on and talk about it during your staff meeting and to your leadership team meeting, <clears throat> you're going to be like a ship in the sea with no rudder. So... The most important pearl is if you don't know which to which port you're sailing, no wind is favorable. If you know where you're going, you can have the wind favorable to you. That has to do with the market, the competition, yes. things like that are swimming around your head all the time. So but the thing that we focused on with our leadership team was where are we going with the company, one, but two, where are you going with your life? Mm. So I think that's the master pearl. And other ones that are in the book, there's a lot of them there. Yes. Another one that's one of the most important ones that I really hope people will hear if they're running a company, it's easier to run with 100 than drag one. So our leadership team held hands and we ran together. Then dragging people along. But we didn't have anybody coming into our leadership team that was negative. 
Yes, I'm not dragging anybody. If you if you're negative, you're not part of our deal. So we walked. I mean, I walked my best friend to his car one day because he didn't get it. I hired him, and he was smart, but he didn't know how to lead people. Mm-hmm. And so you have to figure out you can't drag anybody. You yes. get people that know how to hold hands and run, trust one another, and want to help each other, and they know where the company's going, and they know where they're going personally. And sometimes with that, you have to make the tough decision if you have to let someone go because to. of their dragging instead yeah. of running with you. Yeah, I'm a positive person, but you got to make some tough decisions if you're going to mm-hmm. win. Yes, sir. You don't hurt anybody purposely, but if they don't, you know what I did? I helped him find another job. He got, and he's very successful now, by the way, that, that my friend of mine, he's a very successful. He just didn't fit our culture. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I, now you do business consulting. So what is like the most interesting client you've had that was just different from everyone else? Not in a necessary um, bad way, but just um, they made you think and reevaluate your style of the approach you're going to go with them and how you change for that person. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the customers that I've tried to help. I guess one, one of the, the relationships that I've grown outside of my typical uh, government support contracting world was with my editor. When I met her to help me write the book, mm-hmm. she was in the she's an author and she's in her, in her own so I was sort of coaching her as well so I had to sort of had to rethink all the knowledge I have about growing a, a government support services company and what did the skills that I developed there affect her in, in the business of writing that's something you'd be interested in as well because I mean she's in a dis, dis, different world yes but what resonated with her was my focus on listening. Now, she, she's a good listener, but I mean, if you're going to be an editor, you got to really get inside the head to know the, exactly what the, they're thinking, what, what the th- and what they're trying to accomplish with this book. Yes, because, and be careful not to try to take them off on some tangent that you want to do. So, yes. I think that was kind of interesting for me to sort of figure out what other business environments are that are different than mine. But I, it always comes back, you can tell, you see what my theme is. I t- talk to her about figure out what this person wants to do with this book yes, and make sir. sure that you use your skills to optimize them getting their point across and don't try to change them. Yes. And, I mean, just going into a little bit of a different topic, um, your son used to work for your company. And now, um, years later, we just actually talked to your son. He was in the studio earlier. Um, now, some years later, you're helping him with his as an advisor, but also um, the VP of Strategic Development at his company. So how has that worked, and how has that um, process led to you ending up not only being doing your consulting work, but helping out and advising your son with his company? Yeah, that's, that's a good question for me, being around as long as I am. You realize I've... I've had a lot of experience, and so yes. I had to sort of, th- I know a lot, so I could tell him what to do, but I had to figure out how to listen to what he really wants to do with his company and not try to bend him around what my past experience was. So I think the experience is really quite good. Father-son thing has got its own, you know, dynamic. Yes. But in this case, I had to learn how to listen to him because He's got his company, got his vision and his dream for what he wants to accomplish. And so I got to be, I had to learn how to be careful not to 
tell him what to do and, and try to, uh, what I've been doing is listening to him and looking at his new leadership team, figuring out what they're trying to do in their world today, which is totally different than what our world was like. I mean, I'm telling the government contracting has changed. Yes. It's really very, very competitive now. And in fact, culture and employee retention is really the key. So uh, I've loved working with him, and he asked me to be the VP for corporate strategy, which is probably the right role because mm-hmm. I can look at what he's doing and, and look at what he's trying to accomplish in terms of his proposals and advise him, but I have to be careful not to tell him what to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so sir. It's really interesting to be, you know, um, I'm working for my son. Yes, and, and you're I, also walking a fine line of advising and, yeah. um, how would you say, leading him along. Well, and he grew up in our company, so he understands all these principles himself. He's already got it, so there's not too yes. much I can tell him. He doesn't <laughs> yes, already know. Sir. I did say something to him today that was kind of interesting, and, and he nodded when I said it because I'm giving him advice all the time. And I, I, I said to him, I said, I know you know this. He said, yeah, Jay, I'm I know all this. I said, but let me tell you something, Philip. One of the things you got to do is actually execute it. It's one thing that intellectually knows something that's important. Yes. But you got to become a practitioner of these pearls and these issues that have to do with success. So that's my theme for him is to help him understand how to become a practitioner for these success principles. Okay. And I've got a whole load of pearls for you. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> You know, one of the ones that comes to mind is Abraham Lincoln said it, and it's so important. I gotta leave it with everybody. If you got eight years, I mean, if you got uh, eight hours to cut down a tree, I spent six hours sharpening my axe. If you're going to write a proposal, you better spend a lot of time getting ready to write and understanding what the customer needs before, before you, you start, start writing. writing. Yes, sir. And just. One or two more questions before we completely wrap up. Okay. Um, I mean, you've probably said it before, just to get a full statement from you. When you wake up, um, when you're in your business working on and now, what is your why, the why to keep going? Um, so people say, why are you doing this? What is that why for you? Yeah. It, it, I think, I think uh, Cameron, it has to do with a legacy. You know, I, I've done a lot, and I've accomplished some things, and, you know, had some success and all. But I think I'm really constantly thinking about how many people I've helped in my life uh, it sort of is part of my story, my legacy. Yes. So what motivates me is that I'm, I'm still, is even though most of my colleagues that I started with are either not here anymore or retired, and I'm still actively involved. Yes. In fact, Philip, and we have a contract with the Marshall Space Flight Center, and we are working to support the Artemis program, which is the sister organization to the Apollo program. So mm-hmm. how many people worked on the Apollo program are working on the Artemis system that going back to the moon? So I'm motivated to continue to be creative and work, even though I'm... I mean, you have no idea how old I am, I guess, right? <laughs> I'm 82. And it blows everybody's mind that you mean to tell me you're still going strong at 82? Yes. So, yeah, and I've got a lot to offer, so I'm excited about uh, getting up every morning. In fact, I have a little prayer every morning. Just, I'm just glad to wake up. Yes. <laughs> i got another day. Another day to try to accomplish more. You got it. Yes, sir. And um, I like to 
I'm a really big movie guy, and I feel like you can learn a lot from somebody by the kind of movies they watch. Um, and we had a like quick discussion like this before. What is just like a, one an inspirational movie that you really enjoy, and another movie you just enjoyed watching? Not inspirational. It could be a Mission Impossible movie. Just any kind of movie like that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm watching Mission Impossible and all those movies, but I think. I sort of got a thing because Bobby Bradley uh, was a woman, African American woman, yes. and my 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 partner. I've always been um, focused on strong women because Bobby was strong and she was the president. So mm-hmm. I spent my time trying to do everything I could to make her successful. That was kind of why my philosophy is about helping people. So Bobby yes. was good on her own. So. I think the the most the move that I've liked the most has to do with the strong woman who was a mother and a great family person and and sadly her husband and her daughter were killed by some uh, bad guys and so this movie the peppermint was about her kind of getting even mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I mean because the this, the you know the the police and the you know the weren't doing a very good job of really solving the the, the murders. So I think I, that movie sort of works for me as a strong woman, one, and two, she got after these guys when the police department wasn't really paying any attention to it. So I sort yeah. of had a great ending because she accomplished the mission. <laughs> you know? So I enjoy that movie a lot. And other ones like that were... A lot of the themes in movies are about bad guys and good guys, and so I sort of like I like the movies where the good guys win. <laughs> yeah, I think one of my favorite movies would have to be uh, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Yeah, is one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I, there's another movie that I like to watch from time to time. It's uh, uh, you know, it's really it's really it's a one it's a movie that's about one day you know one great movie and one great day I can't think of the name of the movie right now but it's really about just you know having a successful day working through what challenges there are in the day to help the family kind of accomplish what they're going to accomplish so I like to mix it up a little bit with some you know, some positive movies about yes. people helping each other versus uh, the action stuff that's exciting to watch as well. Yes, sir. And as we're closing this out, um, is there anything else you'd like people to know about you that they already don't know, just something interesting that maybe not everyone knows about that you would like to share today? Yeah, I don't want to make this an ad, but uh, but really my website, I would really appreciate people going there and looking at my blogs because I'm basing the blogs I'm doing on my website, you know, from the book. So I would really like people to sort of go there and, and you get free advice, frankly, and mm-hmm. there's a comment <coughs> section, so I'm always looking for feedback. So I wish people would sort of look at my blogs and and comment on them. Because yeah. And what is that website so people can know more about yeah, it? Yeah, it's just my name, just okay. jnewkirk.com, and you'll, my, it'll come up and you click on it and you'll go to my website. Yes, sir. Um, well, I'd really like to thank you for coming into the studio today, and thank you to everyone else for tuning into the Catalyst Conversation podcast. My name is Cameron Cummings, and please follow the Catalyst on all social media platforms to remain up to date with information on events and future coaching sessions, as well as Mr. Newkirk's website. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Cameron.